Thank you for standing. Amen. I want to welcome our guests that are here today. Glad that you chose to be in the house of the Lord on this Sunday morning. Amen. It's a good thing to come together with the people of God. Amen. If you have your Bibles today and would like to turn with me to the book of Ezekiel, the 11th chapter, I'm going to read a few verses here from Ezekiel, the 11th chapter, and I want to draw from this passage today what I feel the Lord would have me preach into your hearing. Thank you for your prayers this week for Dylan. Uh, He has been a sick young man over the last week, and um, thankful for the good reports that are coming in. It could have been so much worse, and uh, we're thankful that he is doing so much better. And um, please keep my wife in prayer. She has stayed with him the last two nights, and um, I have come home and attempted to sleep, but it's kind of hard to do so. When your kid is sick, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. Ezekiel, the 11th chapter, and I want to begin with verse number 17, and I will read down through verse number 21, Ezekiel chapter 11, verse number 17. Therefore say, thus saith the Lord God, I will even gather you from the people and assemble you out of the countries where ye have been scattered. And I will give you the land of Israel, and they shall come thither, and they shall take away all the detestable things thereof and all the abominations thereof from thence. Verse 19 And I will give them one heart. Watch this next phrase now. And I will put a new spirit within you. Everybody say a new spirit. And I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and I will give them a heart of flesh. That they may walk in my statutes and keep mine ordinances and do them and they shall be my people and I will be their God. But as for them whose heart walketh after the heart of their detestable things and their abominations, I will recompense their way upon their own heads, saith the Lord God. I want to draw from that 19th verse and I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit Spirit within you, I'll take out the stony heart out of their flesh, and I will give them a heart of flesh. In other words, God says, I'm going to do a heart transplant. I'm going to take out your hard hearts, and I'm going to put back in what I originally created. And the way I originally, before sin ever came, I'm going to make a shift here, and I'm going to put something back in you that is missing out of the way that I had originally created you. By the help of the Lord today, I want to preach from that 19th verse. I will put a new spirit within you. I'm going to preach this morning a new spirit. Lord, help us this morning to speak what you have laid upon my heart. Help me, God, to bring clarity to this passage of Scripture today. 
Help me, Lord, to speak to every heart that is in this room, every mind, every spirit today. Lord, would be met by the power of God and that you would do a work that only you can do. And we thank you for it now and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you today. So when this passage begins to talk about a new spirit, a new spirit, I wanted to know more about what this new spirit was that the text is talking about. It speaks of a stony heart of flesh, and it speaks of a heart of flesh. And I began to draw some parallels and do some research in this passage, and I wanted to better understand what it is that the Scripture is saying when it begins to talk about putting a new spirit within you. What is God really wanting to do when he says, I will put a new spirit within you? In other words, I'm going to change your spirit. Now, I've met a few people that I'd like to change their spirit. The Lord's speaking broadly here, and He's speaking to His people, and He's saying that what has happened is over the course of time, you have allowed things to harden your heart. It's difficult to work with anybody who has a hard heart. How many of you know that things in life will harden your heart? Things we go through can harden your heart. Life has a way of affecting our heart, and if we're not careful, our heart will become cold, as we say, cold-hearted or hard-hearted. The Scripture says it is a stony heart that would qualify for both a cold heart and a hard heart. So what is it that is within man? It's life, it's things that transpire and happen, it's the hurts. It's just getting through life sometimes has a way of hardening our hearts. And if we're not careful, we can harden our hearts toward God. We will become hard-hearted toward the things of God. We will become cynical of the things of God. If we're not careful, we will lose our sensitivity to the operation of the Holy Ghost. Our sense of spiritual reality will be hardened and dimmed until all that we are able to see is the reality of the flesh. We lose the faith to believe that God is able. We lose the ability to be able to communicate in the realm of the Spirit. We, we can sit through a service and never feel the touch of God. It is because our hard heart prevents us from being able to have the sensory elements of the Spirit to be able to know that God is wanting to work in our midst. That's why one can sit through a service and 
leave and say, wow, what a powerful move of God. And another will leave and say, oh, it was nothing but a show. It's the difference in the receptive, in the receptive, in the receptive measures of the heart. If we're not careful, we will become hardened to the things of God. I, I believe that actually we can sit in the house of God and in the presence of God and it will do one of two things to us. Either we will be moved by it, touched by it, and changed by it, and our heart will remain softened. Or we will become obstinate to it. We will resist it. We will deflect it. We will walk away from it. We will refuse it. We will defy the power of the Holy Ghost to change us until our hearts become hardened. And then at that moment, we start losing. We become callous to the things of God. We become callous to the operation of the gifts, the anointing of God. We talk about it, but we really are not affected by it. So the Lord says, I'm going to, there's going to be a day I'm going to come and I am going to take out the, the stony heart of man, the hard, cold heart of man, and I will replace it with a heart of flesh that I created before sin. And then he says, I will put a new spirit. Now, I believe that the heart is speaking of the innermost being. The heart here actually is talking about the mind. It is beautiful and poetic to use it as the heart. But here it is talking about the mind and deeper yet than the mind of knowledge and creativity. But it is talking about the mind and the emotion. It is talking about the innermost being, the soul of man. That God says, I will take out the nature, if you please. I will remove the nature of man. And I will replace his nature with a brand new nature. Oh, thank God for that. Thank God I'm not what I used to be. Thank God I could very easily go right back to the man that I used to be, but God chose to take out of me a stony heart and put in me a brand new nature. Therefore, old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And so he says, I will put a new spirit within you. I will put a new spirit within you. That word spirit is speaking of attitude and attributes. Our attitude and actions that is spoken of here. The Lord is saying, I not only am going to change your innermost being, I'm not only going to change your nature, the nature of sinfulness and the nature of 
what you used to do and how you used to be. But I'm going to change that nature in you. And in the process, it is going to change your spirit, your attitude, and your outlook. Everything about you is going to be changed. Everything is going to be changed. So I'm going to give you a new attitude. This is the same things that David is talking about in Psalm when he begins to say, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. David is saying, create a right attitude in me. He says, God, create in me a clean heart. It's the same identical connotations of text here where Ezekiel is saying, I'm going to take out a stony heart and put in a, put in a new nature in you. David is saying, Lord, create in me a new nature. Let there be some new nature that is created. And in the process, Lord, renew a right spirit. He said, one time I had the right spirit, but God, I need the right spirit renewed within me. David was constantly calling on God for help and to help him with his attitude. He's In Psalm 51 in verse 7, he says, purge me with hyssop. He's writing again in this form that David wrote so often. He's saying, clean out of me, O God, everything that is unrighteous and unlike you. Clean me out, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me, he says. Now he is speaking, first he is saying purge me, is speaking of the innermost being and then he is saying wash me. Now he is speaking of the outer being of who he is. Now I'm trying to draw some parallels and for those of you that will stay with me today will begin to see this unfold before your eyes in the next few moments. But what God really intended to do is before He ever begins to clean up the outside, first of all, He begins the process of changing the heart. First, he wants to fix the innermost being. He wants to take out the stony heart. He wants to take out the heart that is cold. He wants to take out the old nature. And he wants to put in a brand new nature. He wants us to become a brand new creature. And then he will begin to wash us, as David said, wash us on the outside. He said, I will put a new spirit within you. He is saying, then I will begin to work on what people is able to see in you and about you. If people don't see it on the outside, it probably never happened on the inside. Because before it shows up affecting the outside, it's first going to have to be a heart job that is going to have to happen before there ever starts being an attitude adjustment. That's why I believe that somebody that lives with a, with a constant bad attitude needs to have some heart surgery. 
They need God to rework their heart. They need God to go back in and begin to purge out the old things that they have allowed life to get a hold of them and begin to harden their heart and their spirit. I come this morning to declare to you that we need God to purge us, to wash us, to clean us, and to put a right spirit within us. longer I live, the more I realize the impact of having the right attitude, the right spirit. I believe that our attitude affects and impacts everything that we do. Attitude often defines the difference between our success and our failure. And our attitude doesn't run on automatic. We are always in full charge of our attitude. Have you ever noticed the change in people when they get a new suit? When they get a new pair of shoes, they come in kind of, you know, stepping high. They get a new suit and they come in, they're walk by and looking in the mirror. Ever noticed how people get a position and it can quickly get in their head? They get an education and it goes to their head. I said on Wednesday night, maybe it's good to say it again. I believe everybody ought to get a real good education and then forget they got it. Ever notice how people get a little money and everything changes? Your attitude will not run on automatic. You're always in full charge of your attitude. I've had people come to me and admit I've got a bad attitude. There's only one person that can fix that. Well, no, if everything around me would change, you're still going to have a bad attitude. Your attitude is not based on things around you. That's called happiness. Happiness is based on happenings. Anybody with me this morning? Attitude comes from the joy of the Lord that is within you. Either it's in you and you have the joy of the Lord, or it's not in you and you're missing the joy of the Lord. You need some heart surgery so God can fix the heart and begin to change the heart so that you can develop a better attitude. Because your attitude and your attributes are all defined and all come from the innermost being. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 27 says that the spirit of a man, that word means attitude. Those of you that have been with us through the wisdom series on Wednesday night know we talked about this. The attitude of a man is the candle of the Lord that is searching the inward parts. The spirit of man is the, or the attitude of man is like a candle. It is searching the inward part. In other words, every time that a bad attitude or a good attitude shows up on the outside, it is a reflection that the candle of the Lord is revealing about the heart. 
Somebody that lives with a good attitude is a good chance that the candle of the Lord is revealing what is going on in the heart. I want God to take out everything that is stony about my heart and put in a heart of flesh. Many people think that their attitude is excused or exempt because of their old lifestyle. That would be like saying that our habits are excused because of our old habits, particularly our unsaved characteristics or family characteristics and family traditions. I come this morning to refute that by the power of the Lord and to tell you it does not matter what you used to be. When you come to know the Lord, old things are passed away and all things have become new. It doesn't matter what kind of spirit and attitude you had before you came to know the Lord. We are a new creature in Christ Jesus. I come to remind you this morning that the things that we used to be, we ought to not still be. Ezekiel began to prophesy of a day that God would put a new spirit within his people. He said, I will put a new spirit within you. I will take out the stony heart of flesh and I will give them a heart of flesh. When we begin to look at this, we start seeing what, what, what God is really doing. He's saying, I'm going to change your attitude. I'm going to change your approach. I'm going to change your outlook on life. I'm going to change change your mindset. I'm going to change your viewpoint. I'm going to change your posture. These are all the things that God is saying that I am going to do when I come and put a new spirit within you. There will be a change. You don't have to even tell somebody, oh, let me tell you what about the change. They'll say, no, I saw the change that came over you because when we are born again of the water and of the Spirit, there will be a change in your life and it will be obvious to everybody around you. I want you to understand this morning that when God filled you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that He put His Spirit within you. Let me back up for a moment and touch this one more time so you understand. You cannot serve God and your own flesh. You, God will not share with anything or anybody. He is going to either be God and Lord of all or He is not going to be Lord at all. I come this morning to remind you that when God came to fill you with His Spirit, that means that your spirit has to die and has to be taken out by the heart surgery of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And He is saying that He he will put his spirit, not my spirit, not your neighbor's spirit, not your old spirit, but the spirit of the eternal God. He is saying, I will put my spirit within you. I will put my spirit within you, the Lord says. If any man be in Christ, the scripture said he is a new creature. In other words, he changed everything about you. 
You're not even the same person because he changed. There was a transformation in you. He says, old things are passed away and behold, all things become new. In other words, the old, the old me was replaced with the new him. See, sometimes we get it wrong and we say the old me, it was replaced with the new me. Careful, there's a lot of flesh in me. But the Bible said that he would put his spirit within you. So therefore the old me is taken out and the new him becomes who I am. I am not my own. I have been bought with the price. I come this morning to tell you that when the blood of Jesus touches your life, it'll change everything thing about you. It'll change the way you walk. It'll change the way you talk. It'll change your attitude. It'll change your approach. It'll change your outlook because the blood of Jesus brings about new life. Now his royal blood flows in my veins. Oh, somebody give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I tell you why I don't talk like I used to talk. Because I have had a new spirit put within me. That's why I believe the people of God ought to not talk like the world. If your vocabulary is filled with cursing and lying and filth and dirty jokes and rude comments... There's something wrong with the spirit that you have within you. You need to go back for some touch up on some heart surgery. Because his spirit is going to lead you and guide you into all truth. I come today to tell you that he is not going to put within you an attitude that makes you want to fight, that makes you want to fuss, that makes you want to argue, that makes you want to cuss. I come today to tell you his spirit will fix those things in your life. Tell you why I don't act like I used to act. Because his spirit is within me. My attributes change because I am a new creature. Oh, I feel the help of the Holy Ghost this morning. I am a new creature, therefore, I don't act like I used to act. My old temper tantrums have been replaced. My old way of pouting is gone. My old self-centered bad attitude is gone. My old chip on my shoulder, that's the way I am, has to go away and we can say, that's how I used to be. But he put a new spirit in me. Therefore, I speak different. I act different. And I live different. Because his spirit makes me live righteous. His spirit makes me live holy because I, oh, come on, don't disconnect from me now. 
because you can't live in this world in a sinful world like we live and feed the flesh and give the flesh everything it wants and expect you're going to live above those things. We have to become a new creature and not a few things pass away, but old things, everything's got to pass away and not a few things become new, but all things have to become new. That means the way I live becomes new. The way I handle everything in life is new. That's because I'm no longer my own, but I have been bought with a price. I have a new spirit within me. The world ought to recognize the change in my life. The world ought to say, my, my, what happened to him? He doesn't talk like he used to talk. He doesn't walk like he used to walk. He doesn't act like he used to act. Why is that? Because God has put a new spirit in me. And the world ought to recognize. The world ought to see. Ah, we used to sing it and it was so right. Oh, what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought. When Jesus, since Jesus, came into my heart. You can accept the Lord all you want to accept Him, but if there wasn't a change. You can believe on the Lord all you want to believe on Him, but if there's not a change. I, you got to have, that's, this is why I believe you have to have the Holy Ghost. Oh, I ought to get a little stronger amen than that. If I'm in an apostolic church this morning, that ought to make some of you jump up on your feet and shout because you can't do it on your own. You must have the Holy Ghost. You will not enter heaven except a man be born again of the water and of the Spirit. I got to be born again, not only of the water, but I got to have a new spirit within me. I got to have the Holy Ghost living within me. Oh, what a change. So Paul writes a little bit about it in Galatians. He said, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. This is the man that he took out. This is the heart he took out. Adultery and fornication and uncleanliness and lasciviousness and idolatry and witchcraft and hatred and variance and emulation and wrath and strife and seditions and heresies and envyings and murders and drunkenings and revelings and all the such like of which I tell you before as I've told you in times past. They which do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the new spirit, here's what he says in the 22nd chapter of Galatians, in the 22nd verse of Galatians 5. But the fruit of the spirit, this new spirit will produce fruit. This new spirit makes a change. You were producing witchcraft and hatred and emulations and strife and heresies and murders and drunkenness and all the such like. But this new spirit, it's going to make a change about you. It's going to be replaced with love 
joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Then verse 24 says, And they that are Christ's, talking about ownership now, they that belong to Christ have crucified the works of the flesh and the affections and the lust. But verse 25 says, If we live in this new spirit, let us also walk in this new spirit. Anybody with me this morning? What he's saying is, is don't walk around and say, well, I don't want anybody to know I'm a Christian. That's why I don't show Christian love. The reason that you're still involved in all of your strife and envy and anger and wrath and emulations is because that's what's still planted in you. If that's in you, that's in you. There's only one thing you can do. You got to get that out of you. And when it comes out, you got to replace it with a new spirit that God said He would put within us. There's a lot of people, many people attempt to blame everyone else for their unfortunate events that happened to them. For their bad attitude, they want to blame it on something that happens. They claim that their actions and their bad attitude is because they got up on the wrong side of the bed. It isn't the bed's fault. Somebody said, well, the reason I am the way I am is because of where I'm from. Where you're from didn't put that in you either. Well, I'm from the wrong side of town. The wrong side of town didn't put that in you. Well, I was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. There's no such thing as the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, I'm excused because of something that happened to me. The Lord said he would take everything out. He said you can be a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm coming strong at somebody this morning and telling you that the Lord said all of that junk from your past, He said, I will take it out of you. I will remove it out of you. I will replace it with a brand new spirit. I'll put something in you that the world is going to go, wow, what happened to the person he used to be? He don't want to party no more. She don't want to run wild no more. There is something new that is in them. It's the new spirit the Lord said He would put in you. When he takes out all of the old you, he will replace it with a brand new him. Sometimes we got to just take, we got to take responsibility for our own actions and attitudes and stop blaming it on everybody else. The devil didn't really make you do it. And no matter what you think about your spirit, it shows up. There's a great difference, somebody said, in how we feel and how we handle our feelings. We can't allow our attitude to take control over us. I read an article a long time ago. I've shared it with you probably a time or two. 
woman and her daughter decided to have a day out, went to the mall and was doing some shopping. They went to the shoe department and was looking at shoes and a gentleman came out to help them. The daughter was kind of watching what was happening. She said, this guy came out to help him, seemed to be okay. And she wasn't sure what was going on, but there was some sort of conflict. Mother finally got up and grabbed her purse, looked at her daughter and said, come on, let's go. She marched out of the store and she got out walking down the mall and the daughter said, Mom, what is wrong? She said, did you see the dirty look that man gave me? She said, no, Mom, you went in with it. The Lord wants to put a new spirit on you. And somebody else, if somebody else is in control of you to cause you to have a bad spirit, then you need to get better control. You need to quit giving up control to people. If something happens to you, causes you to have a bad attitude, you need to get better control of the things that happen to you and realize these things are just temporary. But my salvation is eternal. Maybe that's why Philippians chapter 4 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Here's why if all we do is meditate day and night on the things of life, they're full of struggle. The writer James said life is but a few days and it's full of trouble. Don't be shocked by that. Don't be surprised by that. Life is full of problems. If you dwell on them, it'll drive you crazy. If all you do is think about them, you say, well, I wish I was more like so-and-so. They don't have any problems. Listen, they just handle their problems differently. Matter of fact, they may have more problems than you could ever begin to think of. Don't think you're the only one with a problem. Life is a few days and it's full of trouble. It's full of problems. That's just life. Think it not strange, ladies and gentlemen, when problems come and befall you. Think it not strange when things happen in your life. It just happens. It rains on everybody. It rains on the just and on the unjust. But you can't give what happens in your life the ability to be able to control your spirit and your attitude. Because now that we are no longer our own, we have been bought with a price. In other words, the Lord made a trade and the trade was to our advantage. 
He said, I'm taking out something from you that is an old, hard-hearted you that is not valuable, that isn't worth anything. I'm going to take it out and I'm going to replace it. I'm going to trade you for a heart like I intend it to be. And to boot, I'm going to give you a brand new spirit. I'm closing this morning, but I come to remind you today that Jesus said, whosoever drink of this water here on earth is going to thirst again. You can have all the blessings in this life that you want and you're going to get thirsty again. There's still going to be another day of trouble. There's still going to be another day of trial. But he said, whosoever drink of the water that I shall give them shall never thirst again. Then he goes further and he said, it shall be in you a well that is springing up flowing over. In other words, it's going to come out. It is going to be expressed out of you. He said, when I fill you with the Holy Ghost, this new spirit I put in you is going to show up everywhere around you. I close with this. John, the seventh chapter. Jesus stood up on the last day, the great day of the feast. And he cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Now let me help you with this this morning. Because if anybody's thirsty, if they have desire, if I have preached any desire into you this morning, I want you to know that if you're thirsty, he will give you water to drink. And then he says it like this, he that believeth on me. As the scripture hath said, out of his belly, out of his innermost being, out of the very core of who he is, out of his belly shall flow rivers, rivers of living water. Verse 39. And they said all that to get to this. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. I want you to know this morning that the Spirit of God is in this house. And if you have never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, don't leave here this morning. If you're tired of struggling and you're tired of dealing with your old self, the Lord wants to fill you with His Spirit this morning. He'll trade you your bad spirit for His Spirit. He'll take out of you the heart of stone and put in you a heart of flesh. He'll take every bad thing out of you and put back in you something that is going to change your life, turn you around, place your feet on something that is 
is stable, that is solid. Come on, somebody. If God's ever filled you with the Holy Ghost, you ought to stand to your feet and give him a shout of praise. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, you ought to run up here to the front of this room and you ought to start reaching to the Lord because he wants to fill somebody with the baptism of the Holy Ghost today. Come on, he'll trade you your old sorrows for his joy. He'll trade you your old pain for his new life. I come to tell you, he came this morning to give you new life. Oh, come on, throw your hands in the air right now. Cry out to the Lord today. Cry out to the Lord today. Yes. Come on, let him trade your sorrows today. Bring him your pain today. I will. 